Good morning, Westlight. Good morning. Happy Father's Day. If this is your first time here and you're wondering why people are wearing baseball stuff, it's because it's Father's Day. You're allowed to do that here on Father's Day. Uh, okay, well, that was a video uh, that we found. It was a really interesting video about how, yeah, you know, being a father is not about moments, but it's about this lifelong way of just raising your kids, and it's the everyday examples that really speak to uh, the lessons that we need to all learn to grow up. But um, so as you can tell right now, they're going to be doing some stuff behind me back there. They're going to be moving the screen aside. And this is because we have a little special something for you guys. And we're going to be showing that to you guys in about three or four minutes. So if you could bear with me with all that stuff happening in the background, I'm going to go through announcements without the projector today. So if that's okay with you guys, you can focus on me and not on them. Is this really loud? I feel like I'm okay. All right. So. Before I go any further, as usual, the best way to know what's happening at our church is to download our app, the Bulletin Plus app, and uh, you'll find out all the updated stuff there, um, all the things that you need to know about um, our church, even last-minute stuff, we update it through the app, so that's the best way to know. If you don't have a smart device, we have um, uh, an email version of it, so please download uh, the app or give us your email address and won't use it for anything else but that. Next thing, um, you guys know uh, Habitat for Humanity, right? We've been, build, uh, we've been uh, raising money for this, uh, and it's, it's, it's been great. Well, we're going to start building. Actually, we already started building, and what now we need are volunteers to, to get their hands dirty, start building stuff. So the way it's going to work is we have three volunteers on the first Saturday of each month that's going to be helping build these houses in Culver City. And we probably need two backups just in case something happens. Not like you're going to get hurt or die. On the, but, you know, but just in case, you know, backup. And so if you're interested in signing up, you can sign up through the app or you can talk to Paul Tamura about it. So if you're interested in getting your hands dirty and building homes, uh, this is the best way to do it. So make sure that you sign up uh, because we do need volunteers from Westlight. We need three people, at least three people, to build buildings. Okay, next. Family camp is coming up. July 15th to the 20th, and the sign-up for that application is due at the end of this month, so uh, the 30th. So if you're interested in going, make sure you sign up. We still have plenty of space left. Um, right now, we have um, a lot of adults, but just a few youth. So we need to have more youth sign up um, and college students. If, you're, if you know anybody that are interested, we have scholarships, and it's a great way to spend the week. So that's what you want to do. Now, if you're thinking about going, but you're like, I don't have the money to go, we have scholarships. So if you're interested in getting a scholarship, make sure you sign up with me, with Linda. Um, the forms are on the back, so make sure you do that because we will totally help you financially go to family camp. Okay, and if you're wondering where that money comes from, we have T-shirts. We have T-shirts that we're selling. Every year we sell T-shirts, and 100% of the proceeds go straight to the scholarships of the people who want to go to family camp. And so if you want to buy it, it's been designed by Audrey. It's an amazing design. It's a black shirt. If you're interested in taking a look at it, it's going to be outside these doors after service. Take a look at it. Sign up. The last day to sign up for, for the shirts is going to be next week. Next week. Okay, so next week is the last day to buy shirts. And you want to submit your payment in by then to Pastor Tim. If at that point you're like, um, like, when do I get my shirt? I want to know when I'm going to get my shirt. That's going to be two weeks after that. So it'll be the second Sunday of July that you'll be getting your shirts. So make sure you have your payment in by then. Uh, if you already signed up, that's great. Make sure your payment's in. And if not, Tim will come after you. And he runs pretty quickly, so you better watch out. Okay. For those of you who actually signed up for our um, Bulletin Plus, you, you've noticed this morning when you looked at it that there's, an in, there's a new banner there. And that is that we're doing, by popular demand, it's coming back, the summer movie series. 
And uh, last year, the pastors picked two movies, and then you guys picked two movies. You guys voted. This year, we thought, how about if you guys pick, we're doing three movies this year. What if you guys picked all three movies this year? So the way we do this is, we, you know, we usually start with scripture, and then we start from there, and we start, like, talking about certain topics, you know, life, life topics. We thought, wouldn't it be fun to start with a movie? So if you look at your app, or if you have your email version of it, take a look at it, and you'll see eight movies listed there. You get to vote on that for the next few weeks, okay? And the rule here is you can vote more than once. You can vote ten times if you want, okay? And uh, it, it, the bulletin has been out for, this week's bulletin's been out for less than, I want to say, let's see, what. Uh, like less than a day, right? And there's already 50 votes in there. And I'll tell you right now, the number one movie that's, on, that's winning that contest is The Greatest Showman. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> All the movies listed there are PC-13 and lower, so you don't have to worry about, you know, well, there are things you have to worry about. But yeah, um, yeah. so make sure you vote for it. We're going to be talking about these, thi- these movies at the end of next month. So uh, if you're interested, make sure you vote. And this, the poll will be open until uh, a few weeks, like, into Ju- uh, maybe after the first week of July, we'll, we'll end it. So I'll give you guys an update every week on who, which movie is at the lead. So make sure you sign up for that. Final announcement, if you are a young adult or college student, we have a park day coming up at Clover Park, 1 p.m., uh, July 1st. So if, uh, we'll make an announcement more with more information next week, but it's going to be a, a day in the park. You're going to have a lot of fun. So if you're a young adult, that means if you are from uh, out of high school all the way to 30, I think, one, 30, then, then that's your group right there. Okay, so make sure you, you mark that on your calendar. Whew! Oh, look, we're, I think we're ready. Okay, so without further ado, I would like to uh, present to you Megan and this, uh, you know, I'll let, the, I'll, I'll let her do the thing. Okay.
Wow. <laughs> that was beautiful, right? Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, happy Father's Day. We have a little gift for you guys. Uh, so kids, uh, if you're a father, please raise your hand. Um, the kids are going to pass out a little gift for you guys. Raise them, raise them high. Thank you. Wow. If you see Megan, make sure you, you give, tell her she did an amazing job. Alex, great job on the guitar. Man, that was amazing. In keeping with the baseball theme, um, we have sunflower seeds for you guys. <laughs> now, <laughs> good job, Clarice. Happy Father's Day, catch. <laughs> just like yeah, just like at the game. <laughs> okay, well, kids, after you're done passing out the sunflower seeds, uh, you guys are dismissed to Kid Zone. Everybody else, you have three minutes. Grab some coffee. We'll see you back here in three minutes.
All right. Good morning. <clears throat> Good morning. Am I on? Hello. Am I? Yeah. No. Okay. Check. All right. Thank you. All right. Good morning. Oh, what a father's day already. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, being a father, uh, I met with some of you, and, like, every once in a while I'll talk about how hard fatherhood is, and, you know, like, I've, I probably, um, you know, I'm, I'm like the pastor, I'm supposed to meet with you and give you hope, but a lot of times you're like, God, you could do it, you could do it. Fatherhood is it's hard, but it's not that hard. You, you know, it's hard. You'll survive, you're going to be fine. And so thank you all for supporting me and be, me being a father, and I'm just getting started, right? So... <laughs> But um, let me, I want to tell you a short story about um, me and my wife. When we first met and how I got to know her, um, I, I feel like I'm sharing these stories every time I'm up here, so you probably know us better than most people do. But um, when I first met her, um, it was, she was in high school. I was also in high school, but I just knew her by name. I didn't really know her, know her, right? And then college, we both went to UCLA, and I got to know her a little bit more. And the little that I got to know about her wasn't the thing that was like, yes she's going to be my future wife. That, that's not how it happened. What, what happened was I learned a few things about her and I realized, oh my gosh, we have nothing in common. You know what I'm talking about? Like that, like, do you like sports? Like, no. Like, okay. Like one of the first things that, that I asked her was, what's her hobby? And you know what she told me? No, right? Okay, this is, okay, you don't know the story. Okay, this is what she told me. She said, I love to stay home and watch TV in my couch. <laughs> you know, but eventually I started dating her, and, um, you know, because if as a good boyfriend, you're supposed to be like, okay, this, this is her hobby, then I'm going to surprise her with that hobby. You know, like, I'm gonna, if, if her thing is she likes to go watch dances, then I'll be like, hey, I got a surprise for you. I got two tickets, just you and me. We're going to go watch that dance. You know, like, that's what a good boyfriend is supposed to do, but what, how do you surprise somebody who likes to stay home and watch TV? <laughs> hey, I got a remote, you know, like, (laughs) how do you surprise somebody whose hobby is to stay home and watch TV? And then I'm like, well, what's your favorite meal? Because I'm like, I'm going to surprise her with a great meal. And then she's like, oh, I love, like, a sandwich that I make at home. And I just put, like, turkey meat and, oh, Lay's potato chips with Diet Coke. And I thought, well, um, she she probably makes it better than I do. And she does, by the way, right? And, and, and so uh, when we started dating and then eventually we, just, we got engaged, we we're like, hey, let's do that personality test. I, I, do, I, have you guys heard of the Myers-Briggs test where it's like um, they find out if you're introvert or extrovert, right? We took the, that test and you get four answers, the four letters, and I'm an ENFP. And if you want to know what that means, you can look it up, ENFP. And she turns out, it turns out that she is an ISTJ. Okay, you only get two answers per category, and she got the exact opposite in all four categories. And so uh, I'm like, well, this is, this is, this is not going to work, <laughs> right? We need to be the same if it's just going to work. And so the question that came up was, how do we make this work? How do we make this work? And as it, as it turns out, being, same, being the same as somebody else is not a prerequisite to get along with somebody. We get along just fine. I love her for who she is, and I love the fact that she's not trying to change me and to be more like her. Otherwise, we both stay home and watch TV shows and eat potato chips all day long, right? But she even told me that she loves the fact that I want to go out because it forces her to go out. Like, this is a great, I, you know, it's a great marriage. But, but maybe you've been in situations like that where maybe it's not a marriage, but it's like a friend or a roommate, and you guys have co- totally opposing theological opinions, or you guys have totally differing um, political views. I voted for this. I voted for that. What? We cannot be in the same room anymore. Or maybe today you walked in here and you saw somebody wearing a jersey from another team. And you're like, 
how is he th- this guy even in this church as you look out you can see that most people are wearing blue <laughs> somebody here is wearing orange what's going on here right can we get along with that person <laughs> all right let's close in prayer we're good <laughs> okay well, then I think my whole sermon's kind of like, I, I don't have a sermon for you guys anymore. <laughs> well, okay, the question today we're going to ask is this. How do we get along with people who are different from us? How do we do that? How do we do that, right? How do we get along with people who say words that we don't agree with, that we have differing words or differing actions? They do certain things a certain way. I do some things another way. How do we get along? Or maybe beliefs. I believe in Jesus, but this person believes in a different religion. How, how do I get along with them? Are we supposed to get along? Maybe we shouldn't even be in the same room. Or if we are in the same room, how do I say hi to that person without offending the person? Like, all these questions come up, and you, some of you are thinking, it's just easier if we just avoided that person. It's a bomb waiting to go off. What if it, you know, like, how do we make it work? Are we supposed to make it work? And these are all the questions that we like to ask, right? But... I think a lot of things that, that, like how we answer this question, there is one wrong answer that I want to share with you today, okay? One wrong answer. This is the mistake that we often make. We think that we can't make real relationships with those not like us. Get it? Real, real relationship. We're not talking about superficial relationships. We're not talking about relationships that are like, it's like, you yeah, have a relationship with them. It's a very shallow one, but I do have a relationship with that guy. It's like, yeah, we just say hi, and we talk about the weather, and then we go our separate ways. No, we're talking about deep, intimate relationships. Can we have that kind of relationship with people who are not like us? The mistake is that, to, that you think that we, we're not capable of doing that. So you need to be you. We don't want you to pretend to be somebody else so that you could get along with that person. We don't want you to start talking like the way that other people talk like so that you could get along with them. Oh, if I just slur my words like this, or if I start using these expletives, or if I start using these, you know, mixing the, you know, whatever, you know, noun and the verb and everything around and use certain adjectives, then I could fit in with this group. That's the wrong answer. You need to be you. Okay, you need to be you and you don't have to pretend like you're somebody else. And so without compromising who you are, can we get along with people who are not like us? Today we're going to look at a passage in the book of James. Okay, and this, this passage is a very simple, it's highly applicable. Even if you're not a believer of Jesus, you could totally apply this. Now, we're going to talk about certain things that we could apply universally. At the very end, we're going to bring in some theological things in there because this whole series is about looking at the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, okay? We're going to be looking at the Trinity and seeing what examples we could extract from that into our relationships. So at the end of the message, we're going to bring in the Trinity into this. But up until then, if you're like, I don't care about this whole God thing, just the, this, this next part is going to be totally applicable to you. And later on, you could you know, listen or not listen to me. Okay, so we're going to start off this way. The book of James is written by a guy named James who is a half-brother of Jesus. Half-brother of Jesus, meaning... Mary had Jesus as a virgin, right? <clears throat> but Mary and Joseph eventually got together and had kids of their own. And one of them is James. And if you had a brother, an older brother named Jesus who claimed to be God, like imagine what kind of household lifestyle you had, right? Okay, so imagine that. And so in this book, when Jesus died and rose again, okay, James became one of the first greatest leaders of the church. Okay, the church started 2,000 years ago. He was one of the first leaders. And in that church, people listened to everything he said because he, was, he lived with Jesus for such a long time. And as he's giving advice to the church because the church is being persecuted and all these people are like, we can't go to church because we're being persecuted. So they're all spreading around the world saying like, we can't stay in one place because we'll get caught, right? So 
as everybody's running away, James writes a letter so that everybody who gets this letter hears the words of Pastor James, okay? And in the middle of that, James says, I want to take a quick pause. I want to take a 20-second TO just to give you some really important things that you need to know, okay? So this is how that starts. This is chapter 1, verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. So he says, I've been giving you some great advice, but I just want to take a break. And if you're just listening to somebody reading this letter to you, I want you to write this down. Take note of this. This is important. I want to make sure that you don't miss the point on this one thing. Everyone's like, okay, pen in hand, I'm ready. Okay, what is it that you want to tell, tell us? And he says this. Everyone, not just some people, everyone should be quick to listen. Now, what does that mean, quick to listen? I mean, have you ever thought of what that might look like? Like, okay, I heard that. You're like, oh, I heard that too, right? What does it mean to be quick to listen? Now, in that day, quick to listen meant that without really even thinking about it, your first instinctual thing to do is listen, right? When somebody's talking to you, I'm listening. I hear everything. That's quick to listen. This is the most important thing. On the list of things I'm about to tell you, this is the most important thing. Make sure that you listen, okay? We're not just saying, like, I hear something. Listen, pay attention, try to understand what's being said. He says, once you get that part, then here's part two of the instructions. He says this, slow to speak. Now, he's not talking about the speed in which you talk, because I talk, I'm quick to speak, right? The word slow right there, in some translations, they use the word late, meaning be quick to listen, and you could be late in speaking, or maybe it's an afterthought, like, oh, I forgot to say something. He says, when it comes to having conversations with the other person, make sure your instinct is to first listen, and the second thing you do, if you remember to do it, is to speak. Now, the word speak right there is, you know, the book of James was originally written in ancient Greek, and the word right there is the word leleo. Then the word leleo, what that really Im- implies is it means to speak so that you are being understood by somebody else, right? So let me explain myself so you understand what I'm trying to tell you. That's the word right here. You're trying to make a proclamation of something so that people understand what you really mean by certain things. So he says, when it comes to having a conversation with somebody else, dear brothers and sisters, everyone should first instinctually just listen. Listen to what's being said, right? And then try to explain yourself. Always put it in that order. Quick to speak. Oh, no, not quick to Quick to listen, slow to speak. Now, um, years ago when I was being mentored by some great pastors, somebody gave me this book that I, I had to read, and it was, it was a book by a guy named Stephen Covey called the, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective Leaders. And this book, Stephen Covey, he interviews all these great CEOs and try to find, tries to find like some common um, personality traits and, and, and patterns to say, like, here are the seven habits that they have that all great leaders have. And I, you know, compared to myself, and you know, I had to write a paper about it, right? And the fifth, I want to share with you the fifth habit. Because this is really interesting. The fifth habit, Stephen Covey says, is this. Seek first to understand, then be understood. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. He's like, all the great leaders that this person interviewed is, like, I noticed that the, 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 the CEOs, these leaders, they usually just sit down and just sit down and they just listen without interrupting the other person. Because it seems like they're not interested in making sure that they're being heard. They're more interested in making sure that the person they're talking to, that they understand them exactly what they're trying to say. And so he says, if you want to be a great leader, you want to make sure that you listen carefully what the, uh, what the other person says. And I, I, this is something that I tried really hard to work at, and I fail at all the time. 
a few years ago, I was at a conference. I was speaking at a conference. They gave me about 45 minutes for a seminar. And after I gave a talk, I said, if you have any questions, please line up here and I'll, I'll get to you, right? And there's like a long line of college students. And one by one, they asked questions. And eventually, this college girl came up. She probably was a freshman at the time. And she asked me this question. She says, you know, um, Kotz, what do I do about the fact that my mom's problems is affecting the entire family? And so I gave her an answer because this is what I was thinking. I was thinking, problems? Oh, she must be like an addict, or maybe she is so selfish, or she's a shopaholic, or she's never home, or whatever. So we told her, like, well, you know, from the beginning of the book of Genesis, we have, you know, a one person's sin affecting the entire community, and I'm sorry, that's just how it works. One day, maybe your mom will repent. You know, I started talking about that. And then after talking for about, like, three minutes straight, giving her advice, she looked at me with this confusion and said, no, my mom's in a coma. And I thought, oh, that's a pastor film moment, right? But that's the thing is I didn't take the time to listen, to understand what she meant by the comment she made. I was quick to speak and I was slow to listen. It should have been the other way around. So James, the half-brother of Jesus, says, this is what I want you to do when it comes to having conversations with people. I know you're dying to give somebody advice. I know you're dying to fix things, Right? But the first thing you need to do, the very first thing, and you don't, have, don't even think about it. It should be instinctual. Try to understand the other person. Even when you think, oh, I got what you're saying, keep listening so that you hear what they're really trying to say. Okay, so let me go back to the next verse, uh, the same verse. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. Okay, and then James adds another thing, which the next thing on the list is not just an action that you're supposed to do, but it's also an outcome of what would happen if you were to do these first two things. And that is, and slow to become angry. Slow to become angry. This is a result of being um, quick to listen and slow to speak, but it's also a choice. Now, I'll give you an example of that, okay? Because um, the way that James talks about anger might be a little different from the way you define anger because to James scholars submit that when James talks about anger he's not just talking about people who just blow their lids off because they're watching their favorite team lose that's not anger to James to James anger is this is to draw hasty misinformed relationally destructive conclusions so so if somebody says you know my favorite color is red and I was like my favorite color is blue oh I think red is better what that's because you're weak you know like you're jumping to conclusions, right? Oh, you know, I, I, I was rooting for LeBron James in the finals. What? Like, that's because you like traitors. You are a traitor. Like, you're jumping to conclusions because you're taking somebody's opinion about some things and then you're reflecting it onto who they are, okay? So if somebody were to say, I voted for so-and-so, another person says, if you voted for so-and-so, then that makes you a bigot. Like, all of a sudden, somebody's opinion about certain things is now a reflection of who they are. And James says, when you make that leap, when you make that jump, right, that's the kind of anger he's talking about. He says, I don't want you to do that. What you need to do is you need to listen more carefully so that you understand. The point that James here is making is if you want to get along with the people around you who are different from you, the very first thing you need to do, and you can't skip this step, the very first thing you need to do is you need to learn to understand their perspective. Understand their perspective. Okay, now, the next line I'm going to put on the screen is, is like the most duh moment, okay? But this is important to be reminded, so let's take a look at this. Everything everyone does makes sense to them. 
duh, right? And everything everyone says makes sense to them, and everything everyone believes makes sense to them too. In the same way that when you have an opinion, you think you're right, that's why you're making that opinion, you have to understand that the other person who's saying something that, that contra- contradicts what you're trying to say, it makes complete sense to them. And as soon as you discover that, okay, then you realize that the first step you have to do in every conversation is that you have to understand their perspective. So in other words, instead of just saying like, hey, um, you, you, know, you, ha- you and I have different beliefs, you and I have different opinions about certain things, right? instead of jumping in conclusions, your, your thing should be, I want to hear more of your perspective. Help me understand why you arrived at that conclusion. And if once you do, you might end up with some compassion for the person. You might end up in a place where you're like, you know what, I don't agree with that, but I totally see how you ended up in that situation. Or you would think, you know, I realized that my view was very narrow. I think I should widen my perspective a little bit more because now I understand the struggle that you went through. And I realized that maybe the system that, that I've been benefiting from has been actually hurting you, and that's why you have this, 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 pers- this, this attitude towards, towards some of the things that I actually enjoy in my life. Like, once you start to understand the other person's perspective, then you can start dialoguing. Then you can start having talks. Then you can start embracing each other. And so what James here is telling all of us, you know, he says everyone, right? Brothers and sisters, everyone ought to do this. What he's telling us is not saying, like, you guys should stop talking. He doesn't say that. What he's saying is, first, you need to understand. And if you were to talk, then it needs to be in the form of a question. This, this is what I mean by that. Before you speak, be curious and ask questions until you understand their reasoning. He says that's where you need to start. Right? And, it, and like, well, this is so great, James. This is what I need to do. Okay, so can I get in on a bumper sticker? What's the easiest way to memorize this? What is it? And he's like, I already told you. It's this. It's quick to listen, slow to speak. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Can you say this with me, okay? Quick to listen, slow to speak. One more time. Quick to listen, slow to speak. This is very important. Now, we could just end this sermon right here, and it'll be the shortest sermon in the world, right? And you'll be like, yes, Father's Day is awesome. But I'm going to stretch it out a little bit more. Because at this point, James tells us why this is important, right? And you would think, James, why, why do we have to do this? And you would think this. You would be like, well, because there'll be more peace in the home. Like, yeah, that's true. But James would be like, no, that's not the reason why you need to do this. And this is where we start talking about God, okay? So if, even if you don't believe in God, everything I talked until, t- said, said until now, you could totally apply to your lives and watch it work. Miracles, it's amazing, okay? But when he gives you a reason why you need to do this, he takes it into an interesting direction. Okay, so this is what the second, second half of that verse looks like. It looks like this. Why do we do this? It's because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Now, if you read that, you're like, what does that mean? Uh, they use a lot of Christianese words here. What does that mean? Um, if I were to translate it more into like common today language, um, <clears throat> this is what he's saying. When you get into an argument, you usually are starting from perspective of, I have my perspective of what is right, and the other person is saying, I have my perspective of what's right. And so they go at each other saying, I'm right, I'm right. Who knows? They could be both be right, 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 right. And so basically, whose version of right is going to persist the longest? That's what the battle becomes about, right? Who is right and who's better at arguing that point? And so your version of right, your version of right, which one's going to be better? And you don't know which, which is going to win, right? And James says, stop it. Why don't we adopt God's version of right? And at that point, you're like, finally, yes, God, just tell them that they're wrong, okay? Because I know that, you know, like, so if, if the, uh, the, the debate is about 
side A and side B, and God comes down and he says, let me tell you who's right. Side B went, they're like, that's not what he's talking about here. James is saying, when God wants to reveal to you what his version of right is, he says, it's not a matter of A or B. He says, when he comes down to earth and tells you what is right and what is wrong, or who is right and who is wrong, he says he's not interested in doing that. Because his version of right doesn't have right and wrong. His version of right has winners and losers. This is what I mean by that, okay? He's saying, don't be right at each other. Be right with each other. You see, A could be right all along and convince B that that B person is wrong, okay? And yes, you're like, yes, I won my argument. Jesus told me I'm right, (laughs) right? You could win the argument, but you could lose the relationship. And so when Jesus tries to solve a fight, he doesn't solve a fight by saying A is right, B is wrong. What he does is, A is right, B is wrong, sure, okay, but how's the relationship doing? There's no right and wrong in this story. There's only winners and losers, and the winner is the one that maintains the relationship. He says, maintaining that relationship is more important than proving who's right and who's wrong. So don't get into debates like that. And the best way to avoid that is to be quick to listen, slow to speak. Seek the understanding of the differing perspective first before you speak your opinion of why you need to be understood by the other person. That's what he's saying here. You're not trying to push your agenda on the other person. That's the core of what he's trying to say. Always seek to understand before you feel like you need to be understood. Now, this is why this is so important to God, to James. James is saying this is how God sees it. This is why it's so important. James is saying if you look to God, right, if you look at the way that he relates in the Trinity, right, he says the problem here is not like, if you look at the way they relate to each other, they're not trying to argue with each other. They're not trying to convince the other two that I'm right. The father isn't looking at the son saying, I wish you were more like me, son, right? The spirit's not looking at the father like, you are too overbearing, you need to back off. Like, they're not having that kind of relationship. He's saying that the way that they relate to each other is a, is a very cohesive type of movement. Last week we talked about how, Deuteronomy talked about how um, our Lord, our God is one right? But the word one right there is not the word for one as in one, two, three, four. The word one actually meant unit, that they worked as one. The team worked as one. The couple was like one. That word one is the word they they use to describe the unity of the Trinity, okay? So you're like, well, that's, uh, of course they, they work together. They're God. Like, they're one and the same, aren't they? I mean, that's what I learned in Sunday school. Isn't that what the Trinity is? That all three are like, like, if I were like, if the whole world was filled with me, then we will all get along because we'll all have the same opinion and so forth. Now, what's interesting about the Trinity as you read the Bible is this, okay, that the Trinity is distinctly different from one another. The Father, Son, and the Spirit are not one and the same. They're very different. They have very different roles. The way that Jesus talks about his Father and the way that he talks about the Spirit, it implies certain things that like, oh yeah, I know certain things, he doesn't know certain things. My father knows things that I don't know. Like, they talk about things like they have specific roles and they're very different from each other, right? And so I thought that was really interesting because you're like, wait a minute. There's three persons, capital P persons, that come together and they work as one, but they're not the same. Like, the question is, how do people get along when they're not the same as each other? In this, the Bible, God, is exactly that demonstration, right? Right? 
let's look at this. It says, they allow their differences to become their strength. If I was just like my wife, our lives would be very different. If she was just like me, our life would be very boring too. Like it's, it's because we're different and we come together that our life is better together. We work as one and we do more things in this world and we bring heaven on earth because we're distinctly different. We realize that being the same has its strengths, right? But being different and becoming a unit is, in itself is a very strong thing. So it, I'll try to demonstrate this and you're going to participate in this, okay? So, so growing up, people have been trying to teach me what, is, what the Trinity is. And maybe somebody has done this for you too, right? When you're like, can you explain to me what the Trinity is? And somebody's like, oh, it's like H2O. Have you guys heard this before? Like God is like water, but he's also like ice, but he could also be seen. It's, one of this, it's the same element, but it's in three different states. Have you guys heard this before? Okay, I'm nodding. I'm hearing some yes nods and no nods. Okay, right? I'm like, oh, that's so genius. That, w- that works, right? But there are some shortcomings to that illustration. Like, for example, um, they could only exist in one state at a given place, right? Like, if you put it in the freezer, water can't stay water. It turns into ice, right? And um, the way I see it is if you were to demonstrate what ice, water, and vapor looks like, you put it on a table and you put one in a jar, and it's just static. It's just sitting there. And somebody's like, oh, it's like an egg, right? There's a shell, and there's a white part, and there's a yolk. Have you guys heard that demonstration of, of okay? Right. It's like God is like three contained in one. And yeah, okay, sure, that works some, in some ways. But it doesn't work in other ways. Like, for example, the shell in itself is not called an egg, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, Jesus by himself is God. Together, he's also God, right? So it doesn't work. And so I'm like, what is the best way to demonstrate what the Trinity is? And... Um, a professor of mine told me this, and I'm like, this is perfect. This is, okay, I've got to talk to you guys about this. Okay, so the word I'm looking for here is this, harmony. Harmony. A harmony is three distinctive parts, a three-part harmony at least, that in itself is beautiful, but put together is even more beautiful. It's, more, it's different, but together it works. So we're going to demonstrate this. Okay, so over here, you guys, you're going to give me do. Do, 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 um. You gotta be louder than that, okay? Do, re, mi, 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 mi. Oh, you guys can stop, by the way. You're gonna throw them off. Mi. Do, re, mi, fa, so, so, so. Oh, oh. Okay. Do. Now, together, go. (laughs) Thank you. Very good. Very good. Okay. Do you see how three very different sounds come together? Very different sounds. (laughs) You know, in my mind, this is working a lot better. Okay. No, no, you guys did great. Sure. Um, How three very different parts came together one part fills a whole room, the second part fills a whole room, the third part fills a whole room, but you're not really clashing with each other. Well, it's not supposed to clash with each other. But, okay, but do you see how that works? God is like a harmony. God is the, these three, three parts, and they're very different from each other, but for some reason they work well together as one. And that's what the Trinity is. And when James says, you guys need to get along, and the way you do that well, the way you do that is you're going to be quick to listen, slow to speak. Why? Because if you do it the other way, you start to clash with each other. Seek to understand the other person's role, other person's personality, other person's situation before you assert your opinion, try to bring your agenda into the relationship. 
He says, if everybody did that, maybe we could get along with people who are not like us. And the reason why James is giving this talk to a bunch of early first, first century Christians is because of this. It's because when Jesus died and rose again, and then these people started sharing the good news, a lot of people who were different from each other started saying, wow, this is really good news. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of this movement. And when they showed up to the first meeting, they looked around and they noticed that there's nobody there like them. As a matter of fact, at the time in history, certain races didn't get along, but they both showed up at the meeting. And they're like, how am I supposed to get along with this person? There are people who were not supposed to be in the same social status as them. Wait, you're a slave? You're not supposed to be here in this group. So, but, but, but I want to follow Jesus. Well, how do we get along? And so James is saying, if you want to get along with each other, first start by seeking to understand the other person. And it's not just James that talks about this. You see, in the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul the Apostle, one of the first great Christian leaders who was crazy smart, he was trying to solve this issue also. He was telling the people in the church, I know you guys don't get along because you guys are so different, but I want you guys to get along. And so uh, if you guys are familiar with uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he starts talking about the body of Christ. What he's saying is some people are good ears for God and some people are good eyes for God. But you can't tell the ear that, hey, you're not good enough because you're not an eye. You need both to be the body of Christ. Are you guys familiar? You guys heard somebody talk about that before? Do you guys know how Paul starts that section? He starts off by saying this. This is chapter 12, verse 4 through 6. He says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. He's like, everybody here, you guys are so different, but you are still part of God's family. Why? Because the differences you have are given by the spirit of God. It's like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, and there are different kinds of services, uh, different kinds of service, but the same Lord. When they talk about Lord, they're talking about Jesus, Lord Jesus. He says, the spirit gave everybody different kinds of gifts, okay? but we're all serving the same Lord, the one that died and rose again, right? And there are different kinds of workings, but in all of them, uh, in all, all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. God, that's the creator. That's our father. So in this story, when, when Paul says the church needs to get along, I know you guys are very different, but that's actually your strength. And when he tries to explain why that's important, he used the image of the Trinity. He says, look, The Trinity, each person of the Trinity have a different role in bringing the church together. And so you ought to get along with each other too. Can we get along if, even if we have differing political views? Can we get along even if we have different sports affiliations? (laughs) According to Paul, yes. According to James, yes. As a matter of fact, it makes us stronger. It makes this harmony sound a lot more full. It makes this church even more attractive. So there's a lot of Dodger fans here. And there's like, what, one or two Giants fans here. That should make our church stronger (laughs) somehow, (laughs) according to what this passage says. It should make our church stronger. In the years I've been a pastor, I've discovered that there's different versions of Christianity. Even inside this one church, some people think that it's all about Bible study. And some people think that, no, it's all about being, you know, speaking in, in tongues with the Spirit. And some people are like, no, it's about, you know, um, you know, expressing yourself through music. And other people are like, no, it's about service and it's social justice. And, and we're like, all of you guys are right. And if we all get along, that makes our church that much more powerful. It makes us that much stronger. And so what we need to do is this. We need to be first, quick to listen, and slow to speak. Quick to listen, slow to speak. 
And if we could get that right, then maybe this church could start reflecting the image of the Trinity a little bit better. Amen? All right, let's pray.